Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is once again presented in part by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-l. And be sure to tell them those cool nerds from Tales of the Voidfarer sent you. Last time on Tales of the Voidfarer. There's a gold ring with a purple gem cut to look like a brain. If there is a soul within the ring, you can telepathically communicate with it. Who are you? Uh, my name's Stephen Monceau. The ring was like, that's an obvious fake name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nice to meet you, friend. Ah, we're coming up on the Moss Band, a massive suspension bridge that extends so far into the storm you cannot see the other side. And you see a large shadow swoop under the bridge. Oh, nobody like that. Yeah. (laughs) A skeletal Quetzalcoatlus, gigantic pterodon-type dinosaur riding it, is a ogre zombie. You guys see Luckbeak in its cloth. It goes straight up into the storm. trying to record the retrospective for fables and we start recording and nick told a two-minute story about a refrigerator and i'm like let's just start over oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) well you know what did i just say we're also uh we're also like socially starved that like we get on a discord call and we want to talk about everything but the actual podcast we're here to record yeah And this is the intro to this podcast now. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. It's organic. Oh, uh, important note. If we're doing the intro to the podcast, Ravnus is not green. Ravnus is yellow. (laughs) We're getting this out now. Tom and I are going to go and hang out in the we are right corner and the rest of the world can just be incorrect. I thought you were fucking with us. I swore. (laughs) I I just thought that Tanner like misremembered and I'm like, oh, okay, here's a picture. Yeah. And then he's like, no, that's green. And I'm like, what? (laughs) For context, (laughs) Tanner and Tom are both colored blind well fiona is colorblind too but different kind of colorblind and apparently ravenous looks green in the official artwork done by 8-bit ribbit rachel guzak yeah yeah tom told me that he's always thought githy and he were green same because they all look green to him uh-huh tom was literally like holding up a lime and being like this is the color of ravenous i'm like what are you talking about like am i wrong Th- that is correct <laughs> This is this blows my mind because I also just thought that Githyanki were green. Oh, Githyanki uh, are, are like <laughs> yellowy orange. Yeah. But at least it was proof positive whenever he shared the pictures of other Githyanki, I was just like, those are green. They're both green. They're all green. <laughs> so at least it's consistent. Yeah. 
consistently <laughs> bad. Speaking of, let's play Tales of the Void Fairer. <laughs> Theme song. Burn. So to our listeners, let us know on Twitter which team you're in. Hashtag green ravenous or hashtag yellow ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so Luckbeak is going for a ride. <sighs> Everyone else, you are on the back of the storm rig as it's slowly crawling across the moss span, this rickety bridge that extends over a thousand feet across this massive chasm. There are skeletons and zombies in the way who have now started climbing the front of the vehicle over the top, and a ogre zombie on the back of a skeletal Quetzalcoatlus this gigantic winged dinosaur had swooped down and attacked Luckbeak. Ravnus, using her psionic defensive abilities, managed to protect Luckbeak from taking a pretty serious hit, but nonetheless, the creature grabbed him and flew off into the storm. Yeah. So, picking up where we left off in initiative, it's Brawla and Brohane's turn. Brohane was on the ballista, Brawla will run back there and help him with that, and they're going to load and aim a bolt uh, at the creature that's flying away with Luckbeak, but they are unable to shoot it at this time. The gnomes, uh, so Camshaft is driving, and Gasket and Lugnut are running up to the front to help beat back the zombies that are climbing up on the front. And then we get to Marco. All right, uh, Marco's going to try to slow this thing down. Um, I'm going to look at it. And I'm going to cast Magnify Gravity. It needs to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. That is an 11. That is a fail. So it is going to take 2d8 force damage. Um, Its speed is halved. And until the start of my next turn, um, any object that isn't being worn or carried in the sphere uh, requires a successful strength check against your uh, spell DC to pick up or move. Am I an object? I would think that I would think he would be an object here. Are you objectifying me? <laughs> I'm trying to save your life is what I'm doing. So it's an area of effect, correct? Correct. A uh, uh, 10 foot radius sphere. Okay. That means the ogre zombie and Luckbeak both need to make saves as well. Indeed. Uh, the constitution save. Correct. Yes. So the ogre zombie got a 22. He succeeds and he takes half damage. Okay. And Luckbeak? I got a 14. 14, that is a fail, unfortunately. Mm, okay. So that is going to be eight to Luckbeak and then Got four it. to uh, Ogre Boy. Yeah. And it would be eight for the Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Luckbeak, from your perspective, just barely being able to see the storm rig as like you're suddenly plunged into the storm, there's this weird distortion of the air around you. And suddenly you feel very heavy, which is scary because below you is a Huge chasm. <laughs> <laughs> Having never been drawn up into the air like this before, I think Luckbeak just thinks it's part of the fucking ride. Like, this is just... Yeah, the, like, the this G is just force. what flying is. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing you hear from Luckbeak is, I don't get mad, Marco. I get even. And then I'm gone. <laughs> Luckbeak, it is your turn now. You take three damage from dust and wind from the storm. Delightful. Can you describe what is what I'm seeing, what's around me? I mean, is it literally just like I can't see anything? Your your visibility is limited mm -hmm. uh, only to about like maybe 20 feet in any direction. The Quetzalcoatlus is still close enough to the barrier of the storm rig that you can 
see back to the storm rig, but it's already starting to fade. Okay. So you can see the bridge and the storm rig on the bridge just a little over 50 feet away. Right. Everything else is just like just gray and brown dust cloud. Um, Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... um, So I can still see the people on the rig, right? Yes. So I'm going to point at Marco, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to use message. Okay. uh, And I'm going to say to him... um, the first thing that pops into my head when trying to communicate this message, which is, follow the money, uh, and then I'm I'm in the storm, uh, and uh, I'm going to nick every like second that I get an opportunity to. I'm going to drop a copper piece. Okay. Okay. I've got, I've got 93 of them, so <laughs> it's not okay. going to last forever. But all right, yeah, yeah. All right, and do you? Uh, well, you cast message, so that's your. Was that an action or bonus action? Uh, um, it was D and D. I mean, all I'm, I, I mean, I'm not going to do anything other than that and start dropping money. So those are my two. That's my bonus and my regular, if that's possible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll allow it. Whichever one is which, Perfect. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just toss tossing money is fine. Make it hail. <laughs> you let go of it, and uh, the wind does take it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn formula. it! <laughs> so you drop it and it lands somewhere. Okay, uh, great. But it's it it does not land directly below you. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, so Ravnus, um, you are still standing towards the front of the storm rig with Locke and the gnomes, and there is a handful of undead crawling up the front of the rig. Okay. Um. Bye, Luck Beak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ravnus is going to, um, yeah, the the dinosaur is just like, I'm not even going to try to say, the dinosaur is just like gone, right? You can still uh, make out a faint, like, silhouette of it. But um, it's like it has not far moved away yet. over the chasm, right? It's, it's 50 feet from you. 50 feet, shoot, okay. But it is out over the chasm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a silly idea to try to use the jump spell if it was close enough, but being out over the chasm um, makes that seem like a really bad idea. So, yeah, she's Yay. going to... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be, like, not a great end for Ravnus if we just <laughs> jumped. <laughs> that would be super embarrassing in front of Locke, like, to, oh, to do yeah. the misfire and then just jump off. <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, she's going to she's going to try to uh, shoot her crossbow bolts at these zombies. Alrighty. Um. Now I will say uh, they are climbing up on the front. They are close enough you can hit them with your sword if you'd prefer that. Can I keep my roll if I yeah. do that? Okay. Yeah. It's uh, the same die. Yeah. Shoot, I don't have any of these long sword stats. It should be the same as your last sword, except you get a plus one to attack and a plus one to damage. Okay, so then that would be a 26 to attack. That super hits. Okay. Um, so then it would be doing psionic stuff. 14 plus um, six is 20 damage. Okay. For the first one. Yeah, you you easily cleave it in half. And there was a burst of that purple energy off of the sword as this uh this zombie just gets obliterated and like slaws off the side of the rig and topples off the bridge into the storm. Just Nice. 
Um, and then she is going to uh, do that again. Sounds good. Um, this one's a skeleton. Okay. Well, that's good because I'm using my bone dice. Um, that is another 26. Okay. Yeah, that hits. And that one is a lot less. Uh, that one is nine damage. Okay. Uh, that's what she does. Yeah, you hit that one. You knock some of its bones off, but it's still coming at you. It is the ogre zombie's turn. I'm going to, just for shits and giggles, have him roll a strength check to see if he can hang on to the Quetzalcoatlus under the effects of the gravity. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's his modifier? That's good, but not good enough. Uh, he got an eight total. Mm-hmm. Remind me, what was the DC on the uh, magnify gravity? Fifteen. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Luckbeak, uh, you in the clutches of this uh, Quetzalcoatlus, like, happen to, like, see out of the corner of your eye this, like, hulking, undead uh, creature on the back of the skeletal winged dinosaur uh, lose its grip and, like, falling faster than natural, <laughs> plummet past you and disappear into the storm below. Okay. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm clutching this thing's foot and just saying, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Aww. Excuse me, you're welcome, Luckbeak. I got rid of one of them. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> if it's any consolation, it's grip on you is pretty tight. Okay. So it is Locke's turn. Locke is like seeing Luckbeak get swept up, kind of turn his gun to aim it at the Quetzalcoatlus and kind of think about it for a moment, looking down at the the chasm and uh, kind of curse under his breath and just turn and like jab the bayonet on the end of his rifle into a zombie. Yeah, uh, he does so, but it's not enough to kill it. Okay, it is the Quetzalcoatlus's turn. Its speed is halved, but it does leave the the gravity well now. Okay. So it, its speed returns to normal. Uh, Luckbeak, the force that you were feeling on you um, is alleviated. Okay, good. And now, bereft of its rider, hmm, let me let me see what's it gonna do. Yeah, it is going to circle around and seems like it's going in for another attack on the storm rig. Oh, good. Okay. So it is. Uh, okay, it, it doesn't get to attack because it's using all of its movement to kind of circle back around and reposition. But you guys on the storm rig, you see the the shadow of this thing just barely visible through the storm kind of swoop down under the bridge and come up the other side, and it looks like it's coming back. Hey. Uh, Brawla and Brohane, they're like kind of uh, spinning the ballista around to keep it pointed at this flying creature. And Brawla goes to take the shot, but Brohane says, No, wait, it'll drop Luckbeak. And Brawla does not shoot. Phew. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Brohane looking out. Uh, Camshaft is still driving, but the other two gnomes are going to attack the one that Locke has already wounded, and they are able to take it out. They tag team it. Marco. Um, I'm going to ask Nick, is the Quetzalcoatlus within 30 feet of me? No. I might still try something wacky. Um, I'm here for wacky. I'm going to hold my action until Luckbeak and the Quetzalcoatlus are within 30 feet of me. Okay, so... um, A six-level conjuration ability, benign transportation, I'm going to swap spaces with Luckbeak. If Luckbeak is willing. That's not... That's... uh, Okay. (laughs) 
This is the decision I am making to uh, myself. Okay. See, what's wild is that, like, there's something similar that's also Ravnus's plan, which is that she is going to try to jump on this thing if it gets close enough. I've never had friends before. I hate this. (laughs) See, if all of us just go on the dinosaur, it's like none of us are on the dinosaur. I'm not sure that tracks, Fiona. Now, here is my thought process with this. Luckbeak has at least a history of saying, like, you know, I'm more of a lover than a fighter. And I do have slow. <laughs> so I think that I, I, at that point, like Marco is doing the cost benefit analysis and thinks that he has a better chance at at least stopping this thing and getting off of it than Luckbeak does. Marco remembers that he is technically a champion fighter and is like, <laughs> I, right. can, I can take this Quetzalcoatlus. I can do this. His, his brain is right now not thinking of oh, self-preservation. God. It's doing calculations like, all right, Marco. I might have a higher <laughs> chance of probability <laughs> of getting away from this thing than Luckbeak does. So Whoa. he is going to switch spaces. However, I will say this, Luckbeak, um, you have to be willing. I see. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we yeah. get to it. I'll, I'll let you think, th- mill that one over, okay. but you can <laughs> cancel it out. See, gotcha. now you have your life is in danger and there's an ethical quandary. Sure, so. sure. So I get to feel double the guilt if I, uh, if I choose to do it. So the thing gets into 30 feet, Ravnus and Marco are going to pull some schoolyard bullshit. <laughs> oh my god. This is, a bad, this is a D&D plan, which is to say a bad plan. Yeah, like all D&D plans. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, Luckbeak, it's your turn. I hate to tell you, but I am holding action until I am over the rig. Okay. We're all holding our goddamn actions. <laughs> We're just waiting on the Quetzalcoatl. Uh-huh. Ravnus. Let me guess. <laughs> um, see, I don't. I don't think Ravnus is going to hold that action. I think that okay. if if the opportunity arises on her turn, she's going to jump on it. <laughs> but but she's going to deal with like the skeletons right now and okay. the undead. We we didn't want the comedy of like as soon as this Quetzalcoatlus gets within range, everybody <laughs> yeah. does something at the same time and it all cancels each other out. Oh God! <laughs> um, I mean, is the Quetzalcoatlus like? close <laughs> uh, it's like it 30 is, feet away right it's more than 30 feet away right now because that that was the range that marco needed it's probably closer to like 60 70 feet away but it does look like it's coming yeah so then we get to play with jump rules which are oh the most fun <laughs> um would that be a long jump or a high jump you're not sure because you don't know what approach this thing is going to have once it gets here Okay, fine. Um, she's going to swing her sword. Okay, and hopefully jump on this thing later. Yeah, there's a there is a zombie um, that is nearby approaching you. Uh, interestingly, it doesn't look like the other zombies and skeletons you've been fighting. This one looks fresher, and it looks dwarven. Mm, it's probably um, someone's friend. She's going to hit it with a uh, twenty-five. <laughs> that does hit. <laughs> Someone loved this person. I will kill it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she rolled max on her thingy, so that uh, is going to go down to a d6 on the next one. Uh, two and eight is ten. Plus seven is seventeen for the first one. Um, wasn't your uh, your psionic die already a d6 from protecting Luckbeak last session? Was it? Yeah, because I think you rolled max on that. I believe you. <laughs> I did not write that down anywhere. I believe yeah. you. I, th- I was pretty sure you rolled max on that and, and bumped it down. Okay, so what do, you, do you want me to like, re-roll that? I'll let you keep the roll, but just it's a d4 now instead of a d6. Okay, that's 
there. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's 17 for the first one. Um, okay, uh, it's still up. And that's, I keep rolling really well, and I feel like it sounds like I'm cheating. Um, that's another 25. <laughs> that hits. And that is nine damage. Nine damage. Okay, let me roll his undead fortitude. Okay, yeah, it fails. Yeah, you're able to lop off its head, and it uh, slumps off the side of the rig. Cool. The zombies are going to attack. One is going to attack Locke and hit. He gets a scrape. Uh, Ravness, there are two attacking you now. So the first one is going to be uh, 22. Um, yes. For four bludgeoning damage. Ow. And second hit uh, is going to miss with a six. Locke is going to pull out his pistols and... Well, actually, no. He, since he has one on top of him, he is going to, yeah, he's going to pick it up and just yeet it. Yeah, he grapples this thing and just chucks it off the bridge. Yoink. <laughs> um, it's the Quetzalcoatlus's turn next, so uh, shit might get real. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. I also have another wacky idea once it gets to my turn if this fucking plan works. Okay. Luckbeak, you see your vision suddenly clear as it pierces the barrier generated by the rig itself. Sure. And it seems to be hurtling towards the biggest target on the back of the rig, which is Locke. Okay. And it comes within 30 feet. Luckbeak, are you willing to let yourself be transported by magic? So just as a technicality, how does it check? Because I don't know that this is happening. You know what I mean? So I would say you you like feel the magic happening, and it's like in that instantaneous moment, you have the gut reaction to like, yes or no, you know, consent to the effect. Oh, man. Okay, and I know what... So okay. um, I will say this. What is your passive perception? Uh, it is 13. I will say that is high enough that you can see Marco cast the spell. Uh, but I don't know what the spell does, or do I? Uh, um, that's up to you. I probably would have mentioned before that I have the ability to transport people. Yeah. His procs before mine, Nick, so I can't decide based on my plan if I want to switch. Or, no, I'm not, I'm not going to switch. I'm not going to switch. Okay. You're going to refuse the effect of the spell? Yeah, I'm going to stay in the talons of this thing. Okay. I can't let Marco do that. Marco, you unleash the spell and nothing happens. And then I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, bud. However. It's all good. Um, uh, Luckbeak, you are now over the rig. Great. Uh, I'm pulling out my two daggers that I've never used that I got on character gen. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ham on this talon that is holding me. I mean, I assume Perfect. my flippers are right there, so I'm just going to go wild on it. Yes. Um, when you go to do that, you hear a voice in your head. Uh-huh. Aim between the third and fourth knuckle on its talons. You should be able to lodge it free. Uh, my eyes go wide, but I immediately follow those instructions. You can attack with advantage. Great. Okay. Cool. Ooh. Interesting. Is it the same voice I've heard before, presumably? Yes, it is the voice from the ring. Okay. So. Okay. Well, that's a 10. A 10? Uh, yep. An eight see. for the second roll. So it misses. That that does not do it. Ow. <laughs> so it's it's like you, you know what you're doing, but it's like trying to maneuver it to, to get the dagger in there. Sure. Just with, you know, being jerked around uh, as this thing is flapping its wings and flying. You are unable to get the dagger where 
it needs to go. Okay. So that was your prepared action. Marco attempted his. <laughs> uh, the Quetzalcoatlus is going to attack Locke. That is going to hit and oof. That's going to be 22 damage to our boy Locke. Jesus. Yeah, the bite attack is 12 plus an extra 10 for the dive attack. He deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. That'll teach it. him to be rude to us. <laughs> That'll teach him to see Ravnus when she messes up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And then it continues flying by using its flyby ability and moves another 10 feet past Locke using the rest of its movement. So Luckbeak, you're like kind of back over the chasm a little bit, but it's like the edge of the bridge, basically. Okay. However, uh, it appears to be close enough uh, for Brawla because she takes a shot at the Quetzalcoatlus and misses. It's interesting. It looks like it probably would have hit it if this Quetzalcoatlus actually had like regular wings. But since it is just skeletal wings and flying magically, the bolt just sails clean through, um, not doing anything. Uh, and Brohane is going to use his action to load another bolt. All right. It's the gnome's turn. Gasket is going to like glance up at the Quetzalcoatlus and saying, I might have rope or chain if we want to try and like tether the thing down. She kind of says looking towards Ravnus and Marco. Yes. She nods and she hops across the gap from like the drive car in the front to the middle section and opens a hatch and pulls out this huge roll of two inch thick hemp rope. And you see there's a grappling hook on the end, but that's all she can do. Marco, it's your turn. All right. Hearing what was just said there, um, my plan is going to be a little bit more boring um, than it was before. That's okay, though. Um, I am going to assist uh, trying to keep down the best way that I can, which is I'm going to spend the second of my level three spells uh, to cast slow on it, as well as just five of the closest zombies since I can. Sure. Um, that would be most of the zombies that are left. Okay. So... Quetzalcoatlus, and then the remainder. Uh, what's the DC? Uh, the DC is going to be 15, and um, it's a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. Um, all right, Quetzalcoatlus gets a six, and then um, it is all skeletons that remain of the rest. There is only four of them. Uh, one succeeds, one fails, the third one succeeds, and the last one fails. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, um, the, the Quetzalcoatlus and half of the skeletons are slowed. All right. Um, in this case, once again, um, they have a negative two penalty to their AC, and dexter as well as dexterity saving throws. They cannot use reactions, and they can either on their turn take an action or bonus action, but not both. And at the okay. end of their turn, they can make another check. Okay. All right, Luckbeak. Yes. It is now your turn. And we're still over the bridge. It is kind of precariously on the edge of the bridge, but if you were to drop straight down here, you can grab the edge of the bridge. Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm within the bubble. You are within the bubble. Um, Boy, it would have been really cool to do this before, but at least it'll be utilitarian to do it now. I'm just going to stab in between those two knuckles again. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can make your attack yeah. with advantage. Okay. Oh, no. 11. 
11. I don't fight, Nick. I don't fight. I'm a sweet boy. Uh, I yell, Marco, okay, I'll switch you now. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> that, that train left the station already. Yeah. At least now we know why Luckbeak never used those daggers that he got on character generation. Let me take a long rest and uh, we'll be good. Okay. And, and what's hilarious is, is this thing's AC is not terribly high. It's just higher than 11. Sure. <laughs> uh, Ravnus, it's your turn. It is within jumping range. Okay. So is it? Okay. Here's a clarification question because I have both ways on my sheet because my sheet's a little bit chaotic. Um, and I think that originally we had it as Ravnus had the jump spell, but I think when we changed her... Uh, her archetype, um, I have under her features that it's actually a psi-powered leap, which is different than the spell, I believe. So I think you can cast the jump spell as part of your Githyanki psionics. Okay. So that comes from your racial abilities. Okay. So once a day, you can cast the jump spell. Can I cast it on myself because it says you touch a creature? Yeah, you can cast it on yourself. Like that's, I think that's like mostly what it's okay. used for is to cast it on yourself. Psy powered leap is when you make a high or long jump, you can roll your psionic talent die and extend the distance of the jump up to a number of feet equal to twice the number rolled plus twice your intelligence modifier minimum of one, which is a lot, but. That is a separate ability you get from your psionic warrior or psionite or whatever it's called. Can I combine them both to get a like really wildly long jump <laughs> you can because the the description of the jump spell is that your jump distance is tripled which tells me that you can triple your jump distance and then extend it even further using your psi powered leap Jesus. okay however that would be super duper overkill okay. in this situation since this thing is only 15 feet away ravenous can basically fly <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can incredible hulk um. leap <laughs> we need to uh, make sure you get like the song "I Believe I Can Fly" or whatever. <laughs> right. Whenever this happens, we got to get the royalties to that. Yeah, clear the rights to that, Tom. <laughs> See, everyone should have just like held on to Ravnus, and she could have just jumped across this chasm. <laughs> um, yeah, so she is going to do. I mean, how far away is this creature? It is uh, only. Let's see, you were on the rig. Um, it attacked Locke, who was five feet away from you, and then flew another 10 feet. So it'd be 15 feet from you. Upper long. Uh, it, so it'd be, it's 15 feet long, um, but I would say uh, five feet up. I think she can just so do that. Like D&D movement rolls, it's only it, it counts as only 15 feet away. Okay, so does she need to be calculating a long jump or a high jump? Long jump. Okay. It's because that's that's the longer of the two distances. You cover you cover a number of feet up to your strength score, which is eighteen. Uh huh. So she can just do it without casting spells, right? Yeah, sounds like it. Okay. So she well, she needs to run and then do that. Yeah, you do have like the five feet of a run. Does it say how much of a run up? Ten feet on foot immediately before the jump. Ooh. Or uh, or it, or I can do it from standing and do half of that, but do weird spell stuff to get extra. Okay. So where you're standing, because like the storm rig itself is only like 15 feet wide, you can use your movement to move away to give yourself room to get the run up. And you would have the movement to do that. 
Okay. I will add that even though you can cover the distance of the jump, just part of the jumping rules, you're still going to need to make an athletics check to make sure you can grab on and complete the jump. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> a fair assessment. Um, that's not bad. That is 15 plus 7 is 22. Okay. Yeah, you kind of like glance over at this thing and kind of back yourself up against the railing on the far side of the storm rig and just take off, spanning the distance of the rig, jumping, putting your foot up on the other railing and just launching yourself out there. And uh, you are able to grab onto this thing's skeletal form, jumping on its back basically and put it able to like hook your arms around its neck. You were aided slightly by the fact that Marco had slowed it, so it was slightly less of a moving target. But yeah, you you were on this thing. Luckbeak, you you see Ravnus just yeet herself right. at you and land on the, the thing's back just a few feet above you. Okay. I need one yeehaw from Ravnus later. Yeehaw. <laughs> there we go. Does that do like my whole turn that I jump on it? Uh... I don't know. Does the 5e jumping rule specify that that's an action? Uh, I think it's just part of your movement, honestly, because you didn't go any further than your full movement to get there. So, yeah, no, I'll say you still have an action and bonus action. Okay. Yeah. She's going to attack this thing with her sword. Okay. Um, That sucks. That's a two plus uh, seven is nine. So I bet she doesn't hit. Uh, she does not hit. But I'm going to roll again. Do it again. And that's a natural one. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh Ravnus. Locke again was like nodding in approval huh. and sees her like fucking butter fingers and just shakes his head. So like you, you make the leap and Locke is just like, damn, she's cool. And then you just whiff on two attacks. Uh, just, Never mind. I'm so angry. How does this? Uh... Okay. So the, the few remaining zombies are slowed, but they're going to try and do things. Uh, Locke seems pretty confident in being able to hold them back. Um, yeah, he gets two attacks. So first attack. Yeah, he takes out one of them pretty easily. And second attack. Yep. So he, he's able to take out two of them. So there are only two remaining. He took out the two ones that were slowed. So now it is it's the Quetzalcoatl's turn. Um, it is slowed. Um so it can only move 40. Yeah, it's going to do that. And it's going to like try and like, because it has like this long neck, it's going to try to like turn its head and like try and poke at Ravnus um, for its action, uh, which it's going to do with disadvantage because that's a pain in the neck. That is still a 15 to hit. Um, no, that misses. Okay, it's this huge, long, skinny beak, and it has this, like, head crest on it, and it's just, like, turns around, and you see it's just empty eye sockets, and it, like, jabs its beak at you, but it misses because it's literally craning its neck to try and, like, get that attack. So, yeah, Brawl is going to aim, and Brohane is going to fire and miss again. Ravnus and Luckbeak, you see a Ballista Bolt just whiz by. It's back to the gnome's turn, and Gasket now has the, the rope with the grappling hook on it. Uh, however, the, the Quetzalcoatlus is now out of range for her to, like, throw it. However, she looks at the ballista and will run over to that with the rope. And Lugnut is going to see what she's doing and follow her and fastens the rope to a bolt. Marco, it's your turn. 
Both of your friends are going for a ride. <laughs> Bye, Marco. <laughs> Is Ravnus on top? Nice. Always. <laughs> Come on. This isn't that kind of podcast. We are, we are five years old. <laughs> okay, so shit. Uh, there went uh, Marco and Tanner's first plan, because uh, I can't just blow them up from above them. Um, how close are they? Like, um, mechanically speaking, how close are they to the storm rig in terms of feet? The Quetzalcoatlus had moved 40 feet on its turn, so they are now 40 feet from the rig. Ah, motherfucker. <laughs> there goes plan B. <laughs> and that was with its feet halved, right? That was with its speed halved. Holy shit, because I was going to misty step on top, and then we could all just go together. Oh, that would uh, be fun. Aww. <laughs> That do, would be do, the cutest. Nick. <laughs> Nick, let him do it. That's fine. Yeah, let, yeah, we need to all be on the dinosaur at some point this episode. I'm okay with this. I'm okay. I, I, I now need to just think of what can I so, possibly So I will say this. I will say this. Marco, you could probably yeet yourself in that direction. Oh. And then misty step when you're in range, midair. <laughs> If you want to pull some badass Nightcrawler bullshit. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to look at Locke and just mm. say, boost me as I go running towards him and hope that he picks that up in time. I think that you just got Tom's laugh on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did hear that. I was wondering what it was. <laughs> that was Tom laughing. <laughs> oh, God. everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and the person who gets all the toys that Santa doesn't bring to the bad kids. So be bad. I want a PS5. Thank you for listening to the seventh episode of chapter four of Tales of the Voidfarer. This chapter is shaping up to be a long one, but that's okay. There are no rules. If you're liking what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That's an easy and free way for you to show your support and really help us out. You can also give us a follow on our social medias at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Tell the world you are a fan of our goofy space fantasy podcast nobody has heard of with official merch available at Project Derailed store. Some new designs from Chelsea Rexinger, the talented artist behind all of the Fables Around the Table artwork, should be available soon. Check it out at bit.ly slash derailed shop. If you'd like more awesome TTRPG goodness from us, we have not one, but two other podcasts in the Derailed fam for you to check out. First, Fables Around the Table is our indie RPG anthology podcast, where we tell a different self-contained story with a different RPG system each season. The current season, titled Chronicle, is featuring the GM-less world-building RPG Microscope. Secondly, if D&D with a meme culture bent sounds like your jam, check out our newest addition to the network, Taverns Travel and Test. DM by our good buddy Cliff, if you like memes, Guy Fieri, or memes about Guy Fieri, this podcast is for you. Check out trailers for both of those shows at the end of this episode. Shout out to our producer Tom Goldthwaite for writing our theme song and other original music, and special thanks to the band Highland Rose for their kick-ass rock version of that theme. Additional music provided by purple-planet.com.
This year, we are all looking for the perfect holiday gift, and today we wanted to tell you about the gallery. The gallery shop is a curated collection of photographs from all around the world. All prints are made of 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, for the holiday season, the gallery is exclusively offering our listeners 25% off your next purchase using the code FRIDAY. That's 25% off your next purchase at thegallery.com. That's the G-A-L-R-Y using the code FRIDAY. The Gallery, create your perfect space. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, December 15th. Catch you then. does not boost him in this right into Locke's like ass jumps in <laughs> hits the brick wall of Locke uh-huh. <laughs> alright oh, no. yeah okay alright um, so uh, basically is Locke's reaction what oh and you're already like running at him so he, he quickly like puts out his hands to boost and you can like put your, your foot there and he just yeet um, I need you to make uh, an athletics check with advantage. Right now, the scene from Dirty Dancing's in my head. <laughs> I swear. See, I, I, yeah, I was, I was thinking that just from Brooklyn Nine Nine, just jumping into Terry's arms, right? Holding coffee. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. All right, of. So, what do I gotta make here? Uh, an athletics check. You can do so with advantage because of Locke's boost. Now, I will say, if it's any consolation, if you don't make the distance required, you could always miss these stuff back as just a safety hatch. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah unfortunately while this would have been really cool um oh, no. Tanner, is, lie quick is not my strong suit because that was a two and a six respectfully with a modifier oh. of zero so uh oh no i would like to think oh, no. that uh he tries to boost me and i just trip Oh, this, oh no. Uh, no. This is fine. And I just kind of look up and be like, my friends. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he does boost you, um, but you did not do anything on your own, basically. So you go as far as he is able to boost you, which isn't nothing. Okay. And is over the side of the rig. So I will <laughs> cast Misty Step. And see what happens <laughs> as I tumble keep... head over ass forward. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I imagine you're, you're Misty Step back to the rig. Yes. I'm just, I'm just imagining like Ravnus and Luckbeak just watching this like, oh, our friend's going to join us. And nope, he's uh, falling into the chasm. Our friend is going to die. So yeah, literally like I just <laughs> tumble head over ass, um, over lock the best that I could, and then just, yeah, misty step myself back onto the rig oh and just yeah, curse loudly. God. This, this yeah. fight is almost as hard as the hamster. <laughs> it's numbers-wise, it's nowhere near that. This is all on you guys. It's Do true. not blame me <laughs> I've not rolled this. higher than a nine this session. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Marco, a lock boosts you, and it takes a second for him to, like, follow, and he's, like, looking out to see, like, where you went, and then suddenly you're right next to him just swearing, and he, he startles slightly. <laughs> <laughs>
for a second he's like, oh, did I throw him that far? I don't even see where he went. And then you're just next, <laughs> next to him again. Uh, I'll just say thanks for trying, buddy, and just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Put it completely on him who did his job. Uh-huh. Luckbeak, uh, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, are we out of the safety zone and back over the chasm? You are back over the chasm. All right. Oh, you are in the storm. You take two points of uh, you. Storm <laughs> oh, great! Damage. Sand in my teeth. I should not open my mouth. <laughs> Lockbeak has teeth. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect human teeth, like the first Sonic movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to yell to, to Ravnus. What's the plan? Uh, I'm gonna go. No! <laughs> Why did you do this? <laughs> and then I'm going to. I truly don't have a plan. Uh, I'm going to continue to drop copper coins. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it, even the, even the ring is like I, I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, Ravnus is thinking is basically like. It's probably better if he has someone with him. Yes. And that's where the that's where the plan stops. I need a babysitter. No, I'm I'm instead going to do the thing that I always try to do, uh, which is cast animal friendship. <laughs> it's my go-to. Um you would know that's probably not going to work on this cuz this is not an animal. This is panic brain. This is an undead All right. creature. He used to be an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I uh I pass. <laughs> Okay. Um, The the ring will say, perhaps your friend can find a way to steer it. I'm sorry. I've got nothing. (laughs) Oh, God. This is going to be the lizards all over again. (sighs) Um, I do believe they, as they say, you be fucked. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to yell to her. Did I see what the orc was doing when he was up there, like with his hands or? Uh, You did not. Okay. I'm just going to yell, try to steer it. And on her next turn, she will attempt to okay. steer the this this thing. Okay. All right. So back on the rig, um, there are two skeletons remaining. Um, one's going to attack Locke and miss, and one's going to attack Marco. Um, Marco, that was a 15. That hits. You take five bludgeoning damage as you're punched by a skeleton. Listen, this is just rude. I just lost two of my friends. Like... <laughs> I'm re- I have a quarter staff I've never used. I'm ready to use it. Um, it's Locke's turn, uh, and Locke is going to um, grab one of these skeletons and yeet it, and he does so. <laughs> nice. Okay, so um, the uh, Quetzalcoatlus's turn. It's going to fly circling around. It's still slowed. Uh, what was the DC, Tanner? Uh, the DC is 15. Okay. Yeah, it, it failed for the last turn. And is it the end of the turn it makes the check? End of the turn, correct. Okay. So it's going to move another 40 feet in kind of like a loose circle. It is looking like it is generally heading back to the rig, but not directly because it's now more concerned with Ravnus on its back. It's going to make another attack with disadvantage on Ravnus. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, the, no. The, uh, only a nine. 
Oh, oh that's good. No, that's see, when the DM says something bad, you don't know if it's like from <laughs> your perspective or, yeah. or things' perspective. I don't know uh, if that's like <laughs> Ravenous is taking 300 points of damage or if it's like, oh, uh-huh. I rolled bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so uh, it is Brawla and Brohane's turn. Um, let's see. Um, Lugnut had put the rope bolt in the ballista. Brawla's going to aim and Brohane's going to fire. Woo, hot damn. Okay, uh, that does uh, that does hit the thing. Um, oh, I gotta look up what was ballista damage. It was a lot. Oh, hey Google, thanks for reminding me that I searched ballista five e <laughs> last session. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, yeah, it is. Um, oh fuck. Um, oh, not oh fuck. Yeah, it's a it, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, this ballista. Uh, the bolt goes through its rib cage, shattering a bunch of its ribs, and the skeleton goes limp. However, it does appear that the bolt has gotten lodged in the skeleton and is tethered to the ballista. But Ravnus and uh, Luckbeak, you begin plummeting with the <laughs> with the the now <laughs> unmoving, unanimated skeleton uh and as the rope gets taut you all swing like a pendulum under the bridge Hmm. (laughs) but Um, this it's like staying together it does it does appear to be staying together okay you don't know how for how long (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right the gnomes are just going to cheer and run (laughs) run to the edge of the rig to make sure you guys are okay and then continue cheering. Yeah, they should have delayed that celebration a second. (laughs) They're they're celebrating one thing at a time. Uh, (laughs) Marco, uh, yeah, you see that happen and see your friends just like drop out of eyeline. Uh, And I imagine you probably hear Luckbeak screaming. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, the funny thing is now, if I hadn't have burned up that one transportation, I could have literally switch places with one of them and then t- misty step myself back uh, <laughs> mm. but we can't do that now <laughs> uh, let's see here let me see if I uh, I'm, I'm looking through my spells to see if I can do anything um, so they're falling right uh, it, they they have fallen and swung they're now like swinging beneath the the rig and the bridge. Okay, so they're falling, and now they're swinging. They are now, like, kind of swinging back and forth beneath. Okay. Um, even me pulling, trying to pull them up with a rope or something would not end well. Um, so I'm just going to take out my quarterstaff, and I'm just going to walk up to the skeleton and just fucking hit it. Okay. Go ahead and make, make an attack roll. All right. Hit. Uh, 21. That hits. That's I, I rolled a 19. Uh, all right, that's um, four damage. Four damage. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you kind of hit it, and it kind of like spins the skeleton's head around, <laughs> but not much else, and it's still it's still up. I imagine this this quarter staff is like kind of like a, a pretty stereotypical like wizard's staff. Yeah, it's more or less just yeah. a stick. It's a, stick. <laughs> it's a fancy stick. Yeah. All right. So Luckbeak and Ravness. Luckily, the rope is short enough that you are not in the storm. You are dangling beneath the storm rig, just barely in its bubble, um, probably about five to ten feet 
above the bottom of the sphere that's generated by the rig itself. Mm -hmm. Luckbeak, uh, the grip on you is loosened, but you have a death grip on it yes. now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and you just hear the voice from the ring say, well, that was fortuitous. You were not helpful. I tried. <laughs> Listen, we'll talk, we'll talk about this later. I have a question. Are are you keeping that? No, you're saying it out loud. No, I'm, it's out loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ravnus Luckbeak is talking to himself. <laughs> we should climb the rope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, you want to go first? Let's just both do it. We need to climb the rope before this thing falls apart. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Get on the rope. Scramble that way. Okay. Um, it's the rope is pretty easy to climb, but I do need you to make athletics checks. <laughs> and for the sake of brevity, um, we're out of initiative. Locke is gonna yeet this last skeleton at the first opportunity. So yeah, Marco, you like whack it with your stick and it, it spins its head around. And while it's disoriented, Locke just grabs it and yeets it. <laughs> Luck beacon ravenous while you're beginning to climb, you just see a skeleton just <laughs> and just into the storm. <laughs> I got a 19. Okay. 25. All right. Yeah, you both easily can get up the rope. It does take a minute. Um, I'm not going to make you roll more checks. Uh, you can you can do it. <laughs> it is this really cool visual, though, as you guys climbing up the rope and just kind of suspended in the middle of this sphere, the storm swirling around with the flashes of purple in the distance through the haze, and you eventually get back up to the rig. Um, and uh, Brawla, Brohane, and the rest um, kind of help you pull you guys back up on. Uh, that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was your what was your plan, Ravnus? It looked like it would be bad if you were by yourself. I appreciate it, but I don't think dying together is really the way we should go. I figured we would last longer with two. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess we did, huh? Holy shit, you two are alive. <laughs> <laughs> you already uh, divvying up my stuff? No, I was about to cry, in truth. Oh, well, well that's less joke, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't no, that's, to be emotional. That's fine. That's sweet. Uh, uh, well, well, thank you. Th uh, what, who, who, who had the idea of the, uh, the grappling hook? Was it camshaft? It was gasket. 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 Gasket, thank you so much. That was... That was real smart. Uh, she she nods and she says, uh, well, pleasure to help. Just, you know, problem solve. That's what I do. Okay. Are we moving right now? Are, I, I, you are, okay. slowly. Um, uh, the the bridge is still kind of creaking rather precariously. You've been distracted by uh -huh. it, but uh, it's now you become aware of uh, how scary the bridge still is. <laughs> but you can now, in fact, see the other side of it now. And in another few moments, you do finally finish the crossing and camshaft begins accelerating back up to speed. All right. How much time we got left in this journey? Uh, at this rate, it'd be uh, less than a day. All right. Probably be there uh, sometime uh, near afternoon tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go downstairs and sleep until afternoon tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> same. Okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> um, as they are walking down, Ravnus is going to follow. And uh, as they're walking, she says to Luckbeak, near-death experiences can make you do strange things, right? Yeah, they definitely can. You were talking to yourself. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know that I it was it was I I was talking to uh uh. Oh, this is awkward. Who who is that? That's the voice in your oh, head. Oh shit! Oh god! Okay. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think anybody was with us. I, I would like to think that Luckbeak reacted in that <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, I think he definitely like looks around when he hears it this time. <laughs> then he says, "Uh, all right, Ravens, can I?" I Marco, uh, 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 listen, I'm, I'm gonna come down. I gotta go up on deck. I left my toothbrush up there. I gotta brush my teeth. Um, my, uh, Ravenous, can you come, come with me for a sec? To brush your teeth? Ravenous, just come with me for a second. <laughs> she <loves him. laughs> Marco just waves it off. He doesn't even think. Oh, He's like, good. again, Luckbeak has teeth. <laughs> yeah, why did we make it canon that Luckbeak has teeth? <laughs> so interestingly, the other subrace of Doar does have like little retractable things in their beak, but. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, second edition was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up. Um, I once we're up there, I say, "All right, Ravnus." I, I I ain't in the mind to lie to you anymore. All right, because because we tried that once and it didn't go real well. Right, when I was at the dig site, I, I didn't just get your fancy sword. I got some other stuff too. Uh, I assumed. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, this was this was supposed to be like an impactful moment where I I stopped lying to you and I mean I guess I still did. So anyway, um, there's this ring. And I uh, take a, whatever it is, an action to to make the ring yeah. uninvisible, yeah. which would be the word visible. <laughs> uh, that is how the English language works, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I say, um, this ring, uh, there's something in it, and, uh, and it's talking to me. Is it evil? I don't think so. I mean, it was trying to help save me from that big bone bird. I mean, maybe that was self-preservation too, but it ain't told me to do nothing evil yet. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, just, I just wanted to... See, it seems really silly that I'm up on deck now telling you this because, like, why am I telling you this? But I just wanted you to know that there's a... You weren't talking to yourself? Yeah, there's a voice in my head that talks to me. <laughs> Does that make this situation any less weird? I think it makes it more weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. There. All right. Well, if it gets any worse, at least I can confide in you because you know now. Or if I, like, act weird or, like, possessed or something, I don't know. We should kill you if you do. I get kill it. The, kill the ring. The ring. Ravnus, the ring, not me. Oh. <laughs> like, try to break that or take it off me or something. All right. All right. Jesus Christ. Your first thought <laughs> was kill me? <laughs> I thought it would make you laugh. It did. It did. That was a joke. <laughs> Ravnus. That was really good. You told me to practice those. Yeah, you've been practicing. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right. Good. Boy, Aww. jokes about killing me are not really usually my forte, but I like it. <laughs> the ones Scriv told me to try weren't very funny. Tell me one of Scriv's. <laughs> Let me put Fiona in a real weird yes and situation. Yeah. Uh, oh no. I hear the keystrokes. Shitty dad yeah, jokes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, see, I've got one, but it's not actually a joke. <laughs> it's pretty. I, but funny. I feel like that's appropriate for Scrib. <laughs> yeah, his joke was 
I eat my peas with honey. I've done it all my life. It makes the peas taste funny, but it keeps them on the knife. I think you did a good thing not telling that one. I think that was smart of you. I told you it wasn't very funny. Yep, yep. That's uh that's a script joke for sh- joke. I'm gonna put that in big air quotes there. That does absolutely oh. sound like a script joke. I know that was the first. I I, I I typed in funny poems, and that was the first one that popped oh, up. Oh, cute. That wasn't a very funny poem. At least it rhymed. It did rhyme. Um, <laughs> hey, um, he's like walking away, and he turns around and he says, "Hey." Also, I know that you didn't have a plan, um, and you still jumped out there anyway. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate that. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Bye, Ravnus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, before he goes, she's going to say, um, you would have jumped out there for me, too. I, I think I might have. The thought at least would have crossed my mind, and that's more than I could have said for anybody about six months ago. So, yeah. But to be clear, you you shouldn't. I I have a sword and can fight, and you can't. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. You really can't. That was brutal. Shut up. Not you, Ravnus. Not you. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go to bed. So, uh, Marco, were you doing anything? Sleeping, man. <laughs> Sleeping? Like, the second Sleeping, he's okay. like, I left my toothbrush up top, like, Marco didn't even bat an eyelash at that thought. <laughs> he's just like, I bet yeah. you did. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> he walked downstairs, found the first couch, and is just face into the pillow. Uh, and by couch, you mean, like, corner of the cargo hole. <laughs> yeah, like, the nearest slightly comfy place. Like, you could probably even... As like the other two are talking, you just hear honestly, thunk. honestly, curling up with uh, Dipstick, the giant space hamster, actually seems really uh, like a really good idea. It, on, honestly, he's probably the softest like sandwich thing here. between two space hamsters. That'd be cute. Oh, you do have Tashi too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Now I just made a makeshift bed mm-hmm. out of hamster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tashi probably likes that. <laughs> Makes sense. You, you you basically have a portable living beanbag chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lucky dude. <laughs> but yeah, didn't question anything, just straight down, straight to bed, get them spell slots back. Deal. Luckbeak. So you kind of settle down and you get ready to like lay down yourself. Um, you hear the voice from the ring again. Okay. So I have some questions. I'm going to try to think an answer back. All right, go ahead. He says, when I perished i was on the moon orato where are we now well we're on a planet called vizier thank you (laughs) it is a moon (laughs) called the vizier we're on a moon called vizier i'm unfamiliar with the world by that name okay well somehow i assume you were a person before you were a ring huh (laughs) My name is Cyrus Thalanir, Rift Sentry from Paragon, Cretoria. Okay. Um, y- you were found here on this moon, or at least this ring was. I don't know if your body was attached to it or nothing. Sounds like sounds like an elf name, though. You an elf? I am. All right. Well, your body's here for some reason. Uh, you remember how it all ended? Yes. I was 
meeting an associate of mine that I had hired. I was assigned to the ruler of Orato, the Archon Nastasia, and this town was experiencing disturbances, and she had sent me out to investigate. I had determined that the likely source was an infestation of mind flayers, and I had hired Typhosa Elderforge, my dwarf companion, to assist me, because it appears that below this small town was an entire colony of mind flayers. All right. So you got killed by a mind flayer? Not a mind flayer. I had taken over an abandoned tower that was currently not of use. I was meeting with Typhosa there, and suddenly a nautiloid plane shifted above the entire village and abducted and eradicated everyone. My tower was destroyed with myself and Typhosa within. All right. Well, they brought you here for some reason. I don't know. To this vizier. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what that means. I am unfamiliar with this world in Krat space. What, what crystal sphere are we in? We're, we're in Krat space. Hey, what's the last, like, what year was it when you died? It was year 1347 of the Exalted Age. Luckbeak, that means nothing. Sure. <laughs> Got it. Uh, the Exalted Age? I don't... Correct. Okay. That was a real, real long time ago, I think. Um. Oh? Yeah, I don't even know what Exalted Age means. So, I don't know. Wait, though. You said you were from Kratoria? Yes. The capital city of Pyrgon. Okay, all right. Yeah, that... That whole civilization is gone now. I mean, not to not to freak you out or, or anything, but wait, you what? I, I I I don't I don't mean to freak you out. All right, but but I think that it's been a real long time where you've been sleeping for. That's not possible. I I knew some time had passed. I waited voluntarily here in this ring waiting for members of the Rift Centuries to come recover me. Yeah, they didn't... I thought it couldn't have been longer than, I don't know, a decade. Oof. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Uh, that decade definitely stretched to millennia, definitely stretched to something else. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm a little hesitant to do this, but I got a friend, and, and he might have more information, be able to pinpoint... Maybe where you're from or what happened. Way more information than I do in that case. Um, so I, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, or if, if you don't want any of that information, can you just like let yourself go? I can if I choose to, but I want to know what happened. And I'd like to find a way to regain a corporeal form. Yeah, all right. Uh, if your friend has answers, I would be very much interested. Sure, in sure. Uh, I, I don't think there ain't a spell in crowd space that can bring you back to a, a physical form, but but we can at least give you some information. Um, oh, boy. I got to think of a way to break this to Marco. <laughs> <sighs> all, all right. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna wander over to, to Marco and uh, and just kind of shake him a little bit. Hey, 
bud. Oh, what? Um, Marco is curled up on the back of Tashi, like <laughs> a beanbag chair. It's adorable. <laughs> hey, hey, bud. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, listen, I, I wouldn't wake you up for no reason. Um, but I got something I gotta tell you. What? Are we being attacked by the zombies no, again? No, 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 no attack. This is something you'll, uh, Actually, I don't know why I'm nervous, because you're going to get super excited, and I don't think you're going to be mad at me at all. So, I got somebody here who wants to talk to you, all right? Uh, I slip the ring off my finger, and I put it on his. Wait, where did you get this? Will you marry me, Marco Astorio? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't say that. Do um, I, uh, <laughs> Nick, real quick, do I do I need to attune to it? You do need to attune to it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Luck peak, this is going to take me an hour to attune to it, first off, and second off, isn't this the ring from the camp? Well, yes and no. Yes, it is the ring from the camp, and no, please don't yell at me. <laughs> you, are you kidding me? Oh. oh. Okay, you know what? I don't have time to be mad at you at the moment. We'll we'll get to that later. Why are you giving? Why are you trying to put okay. the ring on me? Sure, sure. So so here's the good part, right? Is is in that ring? There's a spirit of someone who died a real real long time ago uh he's he's a sentry who used to live on Cretoria. are you are you trying to are you trying to fuck with me here no 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 fucking around (laughs) this is for real marco hashtag no fun i do need i am gonna make an insight check even though i he's telling the truth okay Okay, so that's a 22. <laughs> yeah. Marco, if I wanted to fuck with you, there are like a million better ways to do it. Like, I could really make your life hell. It would be so funny. But like, this is real, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> if you get me fired from the Seekers, we're going to talk about hell later. Um, oh. He's like, all right, listen, we'll breeze past this. This is, I need to attune to this. Give me an hour. And by that time, I'll probably not be mad at you. Okay. Well, hey, while you're still really mad at me, and he's like chewing on his his flipper, he's like, uh, I'll, I also kind of got this quill. All right, you attune, and I'll be over like on up maybe on the on the deck or something. <laughs> Marco is now like beside himself as he watches like Luckbeak run away, and he's just like, luckily he's tired. You are advantageous, and when you have chose to tell him, because if he was fully awake, he may have started throttling you. <laughs> Marco is having a nice dream. He looks so comfy. <laughs> I like rub my head. Um, I go over. I make some coffee really quick from like my stuff in my bag. Um, and then, yeah, I spend the hour to attune to this ring. Yeah. And as the attunement completes, you do now become aware that there is, in fact, a soul bound to this ring. Okay, then. Well. And you can telepathically communicate with it. To the inhabitant of this ring, um, hello, my name is Marco Astorio, and I'm a Kratorian scholar. Hello, Marco Astorio. My name is Cyrus Thalanir, and I'm a rift sentry from Paragon on the world of Kratoria. So, you are from, you are, you are from Kratoria. You are a spirit that lived in Kratoria. I was an elf. That was from Kratoria. You are currently a spirit that was an elf in Kratoria. I'm... Are you... Oh my fucking gods. Gods above. Oh my god, I'm talking to... Um... I have a lot of questions for you. You have no... Idea in all of Crotspace. Um, but... 
I have some questions for you as well. All right, so let's 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 uh, let's play the the twenty questions game, whatever the hell they call it. Let's you, you know, quit pro quo. I ask a question, you ask a question. Sure. Um. All right. So, uh, what what's your first question? Your Doar companion said that the world we are on is named the Vizier. My last memory was on the world Dorato. Um. I'm unfamiliar with this Vizier. Yes. Um. This we 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 just learned about this. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Vizier is the new name for the planet that you're. Uh, Vizier and Orato are the same planet, the same moon. Um, I see. At some point in the time that you have been in this ring, the planet has changed from Orato uh, to Vizier and orbits the planet known as the Fat King. I would assume then that this Fat King is the world I would call Vasilkos. That is correct. Its original name was Vasilkos. All right, I suppose it's your turn to ask a question. So how did you come to be in this ring, and when? I was assigned by the capital to serve the ruler of Orato, an archon by the name of Nasticia. Marco is now taking notes. He is way more awake. Who was a powerful mage in her own right, a cadaverist. A cadaverist is in, like, a necromancer? Uh, yes, uh, a necromancer. And he continues and says, There were strange goings-on regarding this small town, and Archon Nasticia sent me to investigate. As a rift sentry, I keep a lookout for signs of aberrations within Krat's space. It is common for them to slip through rifts here. Were you dealing with illithids? In my studies, we discovered that, in fact, directly below this town was a full colony of Mind Flayers. I'm sorry, a full colony of Mind Flayers underneath... Uh, was Orato always uh, an arid, desolate place? I mean, that seems... It was not. In my time, it was actually a lush and diverse place. That would also explain a lot. Um, My perceptions outside the bounds of this ring is limited, but from what I was able to observe while your companion was wearing this ring, it was not recognizable. Yes, Vizier has now been, or Orato as you know it, has been taken over by a substantial uh, necromantic storm in which undead um, walk around willy-nilly throughout it. Um, The storm can be seen from space itself. We are traveling on a machine to a mining company that is located in the storm. Hmm. This is interesting. Um, I've already asked plenty of questions just of that one, so do you have any for me? Yes. What happened to the Kratorian Empire? We don't know. I've been a Kratorian scholar working as an archaeologist most of my life. Um, the best that I can say is that it's been at least 10,000 years since the Kratorian Empire stood, and in that time it disappeared, and where it went we do not know. Ten... Ten thousand years. At least. I... (sighs) Bare minimum is 10,000 years. I... I'm sorry, I need to take a minute to process that. My perception of time must be warped. I remained here voluntarily waiting for other rift centuries to retrieve me and perhaps revive me. I thought it couldn't have 
been longer than a decade or so, but 10,000 years. There's so much I would love to ask you. You have no idea. Like, your, your mere existence is nothing short of a miracle and can assist us in understanding the Kratorian people in such a way, but, um, listen, do you know when you went into the ring? Maybe that can also link us to something. Yes, um, it was in the village when the village was attacked. Um, the colony must have sent for reinforcements or, or whatever. Um, a, a lithid nautiloid plane shifted above the village and abducted and eradicated everyone. Myself and my companion that I hired, a specialist in hunting mind flayers, a dwarf by the name of Trifosa Elderforge, were in the tower when it was destroyed, and I believe that is the moment in which we both perished. I was wearing this ring at the time, which captured my soul. You can consider yourself lucky on so many levels that your spirit has not moved on to the celestial plane. Um, I can will it to do so at any time, but I feel like I have far more pressing matters at hand. Do you remember the date in which you went in? Yeah, 1347 of the Exalted Age. Would I know what that means? Sure don't. This is um. Go actually, go ahead and make make a history check. You've you've had some Cretorian documents that you've been able to look over. That's a dirty twenty. Okay, you've heard of the Exalted Age, and best you can tell, it is chronologically the most recent age before the fall of the Empire. So, based on what you can ascertain, you don't know a whole lot about it. You don't even know like what marked the beginning of that age and how they marked their calendar, like what event they used to start it. But you are fairly certain that the Exalted Age is like the age the Kratorian Empire was in when it fell. So the best that I can tell is that um, this keeping of calendar years is so um, ancient at this point that it means next to nothing. But what I can say from the stuff that I've learned, um, you were in the age in which whatever happened to the Kratorian people occurred. Hmm. So it might be even a long shot, but something about what happened here today may have even given us clues on what happened to Kratoria. Listen, I, you are a rational, fully thinking uh, humanoid, so please, um, I'm sorry for being persistent here, but um, your, your presence could reveal so much to us. Would you be willing to assist me and the Seekers in understanding more about Kratoria? Can we make a deal on this? This is... You, you, sir, you have no idea what this means. There's a pause, and he says, Yes. Finding out what happened to my people is something I would like nothing more. I also wish to escape the bounds of this ring, to achieve a corporeal form once more, whether it is a recreation of my former body or a new vessel entirely. But if that is something that perhaps you could help me achieve, both of those goals of mine then I believe we have an agreement. Uh, yes, I can most certainly assist with that. Um, uh, for now, we will, we will leave it at this. Um, but I will get you a corporeal form back, and I do have the, the people at my disposal that can help with that. Um, I will write to them uh, right now. But thank you so much, Cyrus. Um, we have much to talk. My, oh, my name is Marco Astorio, by the way. Yes. And uh, my friend that you had been conversing with before, his name is Luckbeak. Hmm. 
I could have sworn he said his name was Stephen Monceau or something like that. Marco. But I was fairly certain that it didn't sound like a real name. Uh. <laughs> you sense like you see him like a. Uh... Do a bit of a face palm and just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, so Marco is going to quickly um, like run to his bag. He's going to write a letter um, to Diego. Okay. Um, and then he's going to run to Camshaft or whoever. Um, okay. And I'm just going to, like, I'm going to say, uh, let me ask you something, Camshaft. Um, will you all be returning back to um, Storm's End whenever you drop us off at the... At the at the mining company for the for a duration, uh well we're, yeah we're heading back to the storm's eye but um from what I understand that uh you were coming with us ah oh, damn um sorry uh this was uh, I thought that you all would be going back there and then coming back for us uh no uh we're we're instructed to uh wait for uh you for the return trip um let me ask is there anyone besides yourself that goes through this place that I could talk to at the Moonhammer Mining Company. Yeah, yeah. There's there's other rigs. Um, uh, there may be one getting ready to head back once we arrive. All right, fantastic. Um, I don't know these people, so please, can you direct me to some? Whenever we get there, can you direct me to someone that's trustworthy? Absolutely. Because I need to get this letter back to Diego, and as soon as possible, sooner than my cell, like sooner than we are going to get there. Sure thing. I'll put you in contact as soon as we get there. All right. Thank you. You you're amazing. Um. He goes walking back over um, now to Luckbeak. And, All right. And he uh, looks over at Luckbeak and says, Luckbeak? Yeah? I don't know if I should slap you or tell you that I love you. I'll be honest. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will put it to you this way. What you did by taking this ring could have jeopardized my career. However, what you did do with this ring may have made my career and the careers of thousands of other people. So, for now, how about we just call it even? That's perfectly fine. But just FYI, I did have an inkling that that second one was going to be the case. That's why I did it, so just FYI. Alright, good. So we're calling it even. <laughs> Alright, even. Um, and luck be... I beg you, man. Please don't get me fired. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, I don't mind you stealing anything else. Just don't get me fired. Are you keeping the ring or? Um, well, the ring was in your possession. However, this ring is exceptionally important, Luckbeak. Um, I ain't I'm gonna going lose to... it. May I take the <laughs> ring? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. All right. Uh, thank you. Um, God. But I get to keep this super cool I ended up quilt. with the fucking quill in the end. <laughs> Thank you. Um, whenever we can get the soul out of the ring, you can have the ring back. Because okay. at that point, good, I won't need it. But we just need to get Cyrus out of the ring. That's fine. Um, and into a corporeal form. That's the part I don't want. So, good. <laughs> All right, Marco. Thanks for being understanding, bud. Yes, and um, water under the bridge. You're still my best friend. Oh, that's very sweet. What about Ravnus? <laughs> you are also my best friend. Who? <laughs> I can have two best friends. <laughs> my two only friends now that Hannah's out of yeah, my I was life. And... Say Hannah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty then. With that, you guys settle in for the rest of your journey 
and another day passes and you are called to attention as the rig reaches the foot of a jagged mountain range and there is a cave nestled in the foot of it. The storm rig rolls directly into this cave, slowing down slightly as the storm is left behind at the opening. And after driving for several thousand feet, you see the natural walls of this cave end in a constructed dwarven bulwark with two gigantic ballistas pointed towards the opening of the tunnel and a massive portcullis. Seeing the rig arrive, there are dwarven guards that make a signal and the portcullis begins to rise as the rig pulls into the mine. Finally made it. Yeah. yeah. Better ending than turtle soup. <laughs> <laughs> Good old turtle soup. <laughs> yeah. So we're playing this game called Microscope. Industrial technology emerges as a new force, wiping away the old values of emotion, intuition, and magic. Alien influence. Dragons in the yes column. Uh, I would like to yes soulmates. It is an event during the Dragon Wars called the Purge of Worms. I get the impression that you are unpersuaded by my words. Perhaps my actions would be more... Suddenly her eyes snap open. It's so hard to see anything through these tears. I am the Forge. The uh, head guard screams. So I'm gonna be bold. We're trying to end a war here, not make toys for your kids. Oh, don't worry, Chickadee, I got this. That sounds almost like something we'd make up in stories from long ago. Hi, I'm Cliff, and welcome to Taverns, Travel, and Tests. Join us every second and fourth Monday of each month as I join my friends Ben, Hazir, Chris, Magus Magron, and Dave, Serial, as we explore the wide world of Castia, seeking out the juiciest long-forgotten secrets, and share some hearty laughs in this D&D 5th edition real play podcast. It's like a rib burn-off, <laughs> but in a fantasy world. If there's something to be done for some coin, they've probably already handled it. I travel to entertain and to... Do other <laughs> <laughs> For more information about taverns, travel, and tests, 
and all of the other great shows on the Project Derailed Network, visit projectderailed.com and look for us wherever you check out your favorite podcasts. projectderailed.com